Well, hello there. How's it going, friends? Welcome to episode two of Conflicting Cousins. I am Alex Davis, currently uh, recently dubbed with the wonderful nickname Alex the PC Policeman Davis. <laughs> um, I'm Hunter Sims. Um, we haven't come up with my nickname yet. I was thinking about Milo's son, but then I started thinking a little bit more. And if y'all don't know who Milo Yiannopoulos is, just Google him. Is that him. how you say his last name? I think so. I yeah, that is. Actually, that is. Nephilistopoulos, but... Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, me being a son would imply that he's my daddy, and <laughs> that's kind of gay. <laughs> well, or it's just paternal. <laughs> All right, sure. But anyway... We're back here for episode two. We, we, we took a week off last week because, I mean, I, I kind of mentioned it in my Facebook post, but uh, Hunter was down fighting with uh, Contra Rebels in mm-hmm. Nicaragua. How was that? It's going good. Um, I can't talk a lot about it. but um, Yeah, but uh, definitely uh, the F- or not the FDA. The DEA is really putting a uh, dent in our income, though, because mm-hmm. we, we make a lot of it from cocaine. And, uh, Actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'd be surprised how hard it is to get cocaine here. So people do it. <laughs> uh, I need to talk to them. <laughs> That's great. You see, I was also um, I was also uh, down in in Brazil trying to uh, organize a proletariat revolution after the the coup that that happened in the past couple weeks down there. And how's that? Um, how's that happen? It was it, it was pretty good. It, it wasn't very encouraging. So I actually left and also went to. Nicaragua, where I teamed up with the uh, Sandinistas, um, which I think it's ironic they sound so much like Sandernistas. But, um, Sandernistas. Yeah, so, you know, Hunter and I are on two different sides of the Civil War now in Nicaragua. But it's, yeah. it's pretty good, you know, overall. You yeah, know, the, fighting for Papa Carl. Yeah, the whole, the whole point, too, is just the fact that two cousins can... Uh, they can be as small as a, as a political podcast, or they can literally be fighting a... Uh, you know, proxy war controlled by... Well, <laughs> the Civil War. Father against son war. There you go, yeah. Brother against brother. Yeah. I mean... Fun fact. Um, I actually uh, found out from my grandma that it is recorded on my dad's side of the family. Um, That's not my side. Right. Uh, oh, right for, for the, the five viewers. people who aren't <laughs> family members listening. Uh, and uh, turns out that... Uh, Half, somewhere along the line, half of my great-great-grandparents went Confederate, and then the other half, it was like, there were six brothers, and then the other half went Union, so, what a wild time, yeah. That that pitted brother against brother. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, we're going to get a little bit real fast into some recent news stories, and then we're going to talk about capitalism a little bit, and I'm going to make some shocking confessions um, to all the super hard leftists uh, who (laughs) listen to me, which there really isn't anyone. Um, But anyway... Uh, right before we got uh, started the day, uh, the Associated Press uh, came out and said that Clinton is now the presumptive nominee and that she's amassed the delegate threshold. And um, this is this is my news story. Maybe Hunter and I can each have a news story that we uh, pick some beef with uh, yeah, every sure. week. Uh, this is my news story um, because as, as it's as it's been well documented and, and well talked about with with me, I'm not a delusional Bernie Sanders supporter who thinks that he's going to win. Um, but it's still not over. That puts and, you in a minority for Oh, I know it does. <laughs> okay. I know it does. I mean, not, not all Bernie bros were created the same. Wow. Um, it's true. But 
that being said, I, I do want to, to run down some math that talks about how she has not won yet, and superdelegates do not vote until a convention. This but so, so I'm going to run through some math real fast a little bit. The total number of delegates available are 4,763. Now, in the Democratic Party, you need 2,383 delegates to clinch the nomination. Currently, 1809 for Hillary Clinton and 1528 for good old Bernie. Now, tomorrow, there are 714, or tomorrow and the week after tomorrow, there are 714 delegates up for grabs. No candidate can clinch it before June 14th without superdelegates, which don't vote until July 25th. So Hillary Clinton has not won. The superdelegates won't vote until the convention. Now, they can be pledged to vote for her, sure. Uh, they'll say, I'm going to vote for her, but it still hasn't happened until well, yeah, they happened. actually do it. And so no one's going to go into the convention with a majority of pledged delegates, whereas <clears throat> like, Trump actually did clinch the nomination because they don't have pledged delegates in the... In, or the sorry, excuse me, they don't have superdelegates in the Republican Party. Right. One of the uh, more Democratic things that the Republicans do better than the Democrats. I'll, <laughs> I'll give them credit there. Um, but anyway... Look, I'm not talking about Bernie winning. He's not going to win. But releasing this story throws away the votes that everyone, or like, like makes people's votes seem worthless to a number of people voting in New Jersey, in California, in yeah. states with a lot of delegates up. And who knows the effect that it's going to have tomorrow. And by, by, by the time, you know, all 10 of you listen to this, we'll probably know exactly. I like how the number goes up. On it it does, well, and actually, <laughs> we got to 42 this week. So yeah. thank you. That was a lot more. I was thinking 10, maybe 20. Yeah, 20, 20 was like if our parents like replayed it a few times. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But the point is that the point is that it is dishonest journalistically to say that she is the presumptive nominee right now. And as an interesting point of aside, uh, like point of interest, when Obama crossed this threshold in 2008, the AP did not call him the presumptive nominee. Um, they said he was assumed to be the nominee, but they didn't use the words presumptive nominee because those words have a lot of clout. And for all the uh, distrust that seems to be around the media, people actually listen to it, and it is going to change the way people behave tomorrow. Um, I completely agree. Now there and is that's an, what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, there is an interesting weird side effect it could have for Clinton, which is it could make some of her people stay home tomorrow because they true. feel confident in her win. Yeah. Uh, it's still not going to change the outcome of the, of the, of the nomination, but... I, that's my story. I mean, there are a number of stories I have beef with, but we don't have enough time to get into all of them. That's the main one right now uh, for me. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll jump in. Uh, here, I mean, not, not that you represent these people, but as a Bernie supporter, what's up with all the protests from them? I mean, just nasty. I'm talking... I don't know if you saw the last... Oh, uh, I did. Yeah. Uh, with the egg in the face. Last week. Yeah, because yeah. the deal is, and I, think it's, I really think it's ironic, because... The, the media was really given, and even the right um, was during the primaries, was really given Trump and his supporters. I mean, like, you throw around the, the word fascist, not you, but I mean, like, yeah. the, the left does a lot with, with Trump. And I'm, I hate to be, I don't like relating things to Nazi Germany because literally what, they, what happened Except there. Except your, your ideology. <laughs> hey, <Okay. laughs> socialism's in the name. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, um, no, because uh, really, the I don't want to say the only thing, but the big thing that happened with the Nazis that set them apart 
was the Holocaust. A lot of other stuff, like all the atrocities. Yeah. But like the actual social stuff, it's like, oh, Obama did this, or oh, Trump is saying it. it's like that's said by Hitler most took every... the guns. Yeah. Stalin took the guns. Yeah. Good old Alex Jones. Uh, no, it's true. But um, uh, no, I think that I think that right now you're seeing a, a the true identity of a lot of the left because you are seeing it's not protest, it's it's rioting. Um, and, and who was it? The Vox reporter who got suspended from yeah. Vox. No, I know. Because she incited it. He shouldn't have been suspended. Or he, sorry. He said, if Trump comes to your town, start a riot. But, okay. Well, okay. hang on, but. Well, okay, sorry. Real yeah. quick. I have, I have beef with Vox. I'd like, you know, if, if Ezra Klein's listening to this somehow, I want him to know I have beef with him. But finish first, and I'll explain why it was stupid for them to suspend this writer. Okay, because first off, you say it's stupid, and I agree but it goes back to actually what we were talking about last time around, which was you said word for word that freedom of speech should be limited if it incites violence. It's true. So you're going back on that right you now. You got me in a corner. Here. I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I did well, not because, plan that either. Well, no. Well, but, because because what I'll say is that like yeah, if it incites mob violence of like killing people, that's that is bad. But but what I also killing said, people is well, a killing extreme. People, hurting people, but, but 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 what I also said was that we should look at the situations that lead people to incite violence. Or I like, agree. like to be led to violence. So like what drastic situations compel people to think that violence is their only way to get answers. There is a place for uh, So do you think their response is is Because uh, I agree if, if if someone I mean hypothetically two extremes. Yeah. If you had a far left wing group um, planting bombs and blowing stuff up and then the retaliation was a far right-wing group doing the same, I would say, okay, they were justified. Or vice versa. Um, if I was a leftist, I would say that's justified. Um, well, I'd say it's justified regardless if the right started it. And I'm talking full-blown, mm -hmm. you know, uh, little little radical guerrillas in America. Uh, and not, not the one that got killed this, well, <laughs> this week. Poor we're gorilla. <laughs> R.I.P. How do you pronounce it? Yeah. <laughs> but bring, uh, yeah. but uh, do you think <laughs> that... Gorillas with the U. Sorry, no, Do you no, think no. that... That this outright running over uh, riot police, um, not literally stampeding would be, and uh, making them retreat because they they overpowered them so much, not because they were tossing tear gas or anything, but because they were keeping a what people do at big events, they were keeping security. Um, do you think? I mean, the egg in the face. When you, I haven't seen one widespread thing like that with Trump. I've seen little incidents, but I have not seen organized orchestrated so so okay so i know what you're saying and yeah I'm, I'm not going to condone their violence i'm i'm not going to okay but there is something to be said for i i believe that what you saw after those riots last week were these huge calls from liberals for uh civil discourse and how this isn't civil discourse and all of our debating has to be done on those terms and i think that <clears throat> civil discourse the way i see it is oftentimes a ploy uh, used by elites to make you debate on their terms uh, and puts the ball in their court. So the minute that you do something that they would deem uncivil, you're not playing by their rules and the argument is shut down. So that's what I would say uh, calls for, quote, civil discourse and how this is so bad for the process. Uh, I would say that's where they fall short. However, I'm not going to condone someone's violence. No one deserves to get an egg thrown in their face for their views. No one deserves to get beaten up because of their Cop views. Cop cars getting smashed. Yeah. no one Like, that has nothing to yeah, do with. That is wrong. Yeah. And I'll say that. Okay. But at the same time, it is just, I think, important to note that there is a stifling of, of um, I'm blanking on the word, I mean, 
This is on the spot, so this is uh, yeah, just, this is just real spot. life, guys. Yeah. We, we yeah. go blank. <laughs> when you call for civil discourse, very often you're trying to stifle opposing views that make you and your elitist um, organization uncomfortable. So that is what I would say. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I agree too. I, I think that that can definitely go both ways. Um, right now, I would say, um, just and not that you're not because you just specifically said, um, I would say that that is... Um, I went blank too. There you go, guys. Uh, the, their response was not um, was not justified. Um, just like you said, you didn't condone it. Um, I don't think I'm not an elite ist or uh, I'm not part of the elite. Um, I didn't level up that far. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> um, but I always chose Spartan on Halo yeah. too. <laughs> Elites were harder to shoot. Uh, no, but uh, just. Uh, so I, I agree. In short, I do agree with what you're saying. I don't think this is the case. Um, I think uh, not. Not that I'm relating this because they're they're two different things. But just I'm listing examples when uh, the Germans leading up to uh, the Nazis gaining power uh, deployed. Uh, oh, they took prisoners and shot them and dressed them up as Polish people, though, uh, or dressed them as dressed them up as Germans, and then. Uh, then they themselves dressed up as Polish and acted like Poland was doing a, a, a border raid on Germany. Uh, I mean, it turns out that was all staged Germany. Some people at that... Funny. No, I think that's I think that's genius. Yeah. If you're going by the art of war, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, no, the, the... Oh, man, the Germans did... So, there's a reason they did pretty good in the war up until the world pounced on them. But uh, it's because they played dirty. Uh, but uh, anyways, the... Uh, some people, the the... the Far left-leaning, you know, Nazis at that time. Even if they found out what Nazis left-leaning, but we'll get into that. Later. Or yeah, okay, yeah, sorry, right-wing. That's really, I think that's okay, a whole different. But, but I would also say that, that that Nazism kind of defies our our spectrum. Yeah. Because yeah, the term There's, socialism in the name, but that's not what it was. But also, it was it was. But it wasn't capitalism. No, it was a heavy. So like, but that's that's for another yeah. time. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Uh, but to get to my point, um, people there. Uh, nationalist in Germany at that time could have found out about it and said, well, even though this was fake, we think this is, that was still necessary because of what uh, the Allies imposed on us, etc., etc. Um, so, uh, um, so I hope, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're not like that with Bernie. Or not Bernie, but with, the with because he didn't. No, but him, I but. think there is something to be said, though, for direct action achieving results. Which yeah, I Which brings agree. me to my beef with Vox... Okay, yeah. And they're suspending of uh, Emmett, Emmett Rainstein, I, I think is the name. I don't have anything in front of me right now. But I'm, I, I followed this story pretty closely for a while, uh, as I do with most of the stifling of leftist opinions that happens by, like, you know, moderate, woke, liberal um, organ, uh, news outlets or writing like Demos suspending their far left right, or firing, but that's something else. Okay. But anyway, so Vox suspended this writer for tweeting... If Trump comes to your town, start a riot. Okay? And now, to add to that, um, she also said, she brought up the whole fascism thing that fascism needs to be fought with. Um, oh, I don't know word for word. But it was like, she said fascism needs to be, or I say she. It was. I, it's pretty much a guy. Yeah, it's the a guy. I kept, saying, I kept thinking it was a she for the longest time, and I found out like yesterday it was a it's it a was Twitter a she. But, um. So am I. But, uh, do what? Nothing. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, yeah, also that. He was saying it was justified because Trump is a fascist. Okay, so yeah, that's all so, I was saying. 
Ezra Klein and the folks at Vox uh, decided to suspend this writer, <clears throat> excuse me, overlooking the fact that Matthew Iglesias once tweeted, and it's, it's, it's interesting because you actually said this, okay. uh, but Vox d- doesn't strike me as someone, or doesn't strike me as an organization that would actually stand for this, said, you know, Hitler actually had some pretty, pretty good ideas. Shame about the war and genocide, though. You know, he said that. Yeah, I did say, and, then, and I, I, I will did, stand yeah, by yeah. that too. But, so they said that. But then, they also that day published an article that said political riots can lead to good change. <laughs> they fired this writer. They suspended this writer, and it was like, they just, that doesn't make any. Where yeah. you at, Vox? Come on. Yeah, absolutely. So woke. Anyway. <laughs> oh no! I and just from and like I said, I haven't looked into it at all. I I knew that much, but I didn't know where they stood politically usually or anything like that. That was the Twitter um, scandal of the week. Yeah, uh, I mean in that the sounds... weird like leftist absurdist corner of Twitter <laughs> that I'm in. <laughs> I just I just stick to the the caveman SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we're gonna transition now uh, into our main topic, in which we're talking a little bit about economics, though neither of us are economists. No. Um, I study religion in college to, to put you in uh, that. But I'm going to talk. So what's going to happen here is that Hunter is going to talk about capitalism and why he likes it. And as I actually, <laughs> as I, as I actually uh, confessed last week, I'm not really a socialist, right? Um, and I'm glad because I was going to bring up, a, like, in a pure socialist country, yeah. you can't find, unless, unless you can prove me wrong, you can't find one that you look at and you go, yeah. I want to be like them. Well, because right no, now, because, well, because even the countries that I say I admire, which would be Scandinavian-type uh, social democracies, are still capitalist countries overwhelmingly. Uh, to an extent. Yeah, you know exactly. Not so, even to an extent. Yeah, yeah, I'll get so, into that actually. Yeah, I'm, so so we'll get into that, and then I'm going to make critiques. Like, I still have heavy critiques of capitalism and a lot of aspects of it I find troubling. But Hunter's going to talk right now about um, capitalism as a whole, and uh, I'm going to just chime in with some things that I yeah. uh, find problematic. Um, so go for it. Okay, and I didn't lay out anything uh, at all in terms of. I mean, we 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 knew it was over capitalism and talking about why we we represented our respective views. And I knew that Alex wasn't a, a socialist because honestly, I mean, if you're a socialist in this day and age, like, and you're straight, I'm talking, you are socialist. You want you're a Marxist. Hey, they're real, man. Jake, no, I know they're real. Jacobin I, Magazine. I, I follow them on day. Facebook a lot. Um, or a lot of different. They're fun to read, and they give good opinions yeah sorry and they fight amongst themselves which is hilarious if you want to go true socialists don't support bernie sanders by the way like Uh, fun fact but uh but anyway no true i i i say socialist even i mean true you follow marx's communist manifesto to a t um i mean i think you're just i i I don't want to use the term idiot i mean i want to use the term idiot (laughs) but it really comes down to being ignorant because it's like you I'm not gonna say how, how they feel, but it comes down to being ignorant because um, you have to literally ignore history. I mean, just absolutely. But um, oh, um, why do I like capitalism? That's you have to kind of define capitalism, just like what what uh, Alex what Alex said uh, earlier. I mean, the Scandinavian countries are are capitalist. Actually, uh, Denmark is uh, oh I forget Heritage Foundation. I want to say. Um, Some right-wing stuff right there, baby. It's, I mean, <laughs> you look in their studies, but Denmark is only one behind the United States in terms of a, a free market, um, and they, they judge them on over 100 categories and um, score them accordingly and then average the scores. Um, and America, the United States is, uh, is uh, number 10, and it switches with Britain, actually. It, again, the, these places that people think are so 
left lean, uh, left wing leaning, leaning, um, uh, usually you'll be surprised are actually are not, especially compared to America. People like to use the United States as this capitalist model, and they'll, uh, an example would be like healthcare. And you look at our healthcare system, and it's like it's completely, it's not capitalist. Um, it's not socialist either. It's this weird, murky. Well, it's, it's well, and, big well, companies yeah. got into it. And, yeah, they got really into it, and it's it's regionally. Um, Regulated and they can only sell in certain parts of the country. Like I think that far left and far right will both agree that healthcare sucks here. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Now maybe for different reasons. But, yeah. But what we're gonna agree that it sucks. Um. Like, but uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I think that when you have so I'm gonna be specific. When you have free market, um, low government intervention, the 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 bare necessities, and and I don't, I'm not gonna outline it all the way, but people like to get capitalism mixed up with and there are some anarcho capitalists but they like to get free market laissez-faire capitalists mixed up with anarchy and again it goes back to ignorance of you haven't read the wealth of nations where adam smith outlines it a lot of people say well you know you like police you like roads uh it's true i i don't really use that in my critiques yeah except a lot of the left doesn't seem to like police right now <laughs> but uh but uh no adam smith specifically uh, he names different things but uh, specifically he says there does need to be um, he references what would be today modern police and not through like some sort of really vague um, uh, a policing force um, to make sure citizens um, can't take rights away from the other. Uh, like, if I can't kill you. I can't very, beat you up because I disagree with you. Very Hobbesian. <laughs> you, know, you, you, you give away your right to kill the other person <laughs> in the state of nature. I hate political philosophy, by the way. But... Um, but uh, roads, he said roads, and even today, uh, and I have not personally looked into uh, whether or not privatization of roads should be a thing. Well, if you look into Texas, they would say yes, but I don't like it. Uh, well, and that, I mean, you charge money to drive on roads. Well, you get charged money now, anyways. It's just not directly; it's through yeah. taxes. That's that's what it comes down to, and um, and I haven't looked into that. But Adam Smith, nonetheless, says that that should be allowed. Uh, different ports, um, because that. Um, that also encourages trade. Uh, the military, um, because you need to be able to protect the state um, from foreigners who would take liberties away. Um, so those are just some myths that, again, I mean, you can you can read the wealth of nations and you'll see this. Um, and I'm not saying people are you know just idiots for it if they believe this, but um, it just again it goes back to ignorance. And I'm not saying that to be a jerk. It just goes back to uh, you you haven't read the wealth of nations. I think that it is. Uh, what about not response? Capitalism and freedom by Milton Friedman. It's a great. It's a great. Uh, it's funny you bring that up. Well, I had to read part it, of that this year. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't actually uh, in this, but in his 1955 uh, oh uh, essay on uh, the government role in schools, uh, Sweden actually pretty much took a uh, took a note from that, and they actually have a school voucher system, which is funny because it goes back to the whole Scandinavian socialism. Most uh, most of the uh, Left would very, very overwhelmingly disagree with the voucher system, but nonetheless, it's in Sweden. I have interesting views there, but I want to jump in on the Scandinavian countries and kind of what you said. Yeah, let's um, do it. So, because I have a whole list on Sweden well, because yeah. there is so much. It, 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 but it, it, it all comes down to also like the, the political spectrum in America is just so much different than it is in other places because you have a place like Sweden that has school vouchers. And that's not considered left or right. They agree with that, right? Like they're mm -hmm. like like everyone's pretty cool with that. It's worked pretty well. But at the same well, time, I would disagree. But I'll let you finish. But well, but 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 at the same time, I don't think that's your main point. So I'll let you. If you so like, they may have lower government regulation and. 
things that might line up in more of the quote like they do uh, by the way American right wing yeah. but at the same time they have universal health care they have free college they have guaranteed paternal leave and higher taxes they on have wealthy. taxpayer subsidized college yeah. they don't have free okay but, but, but <laughs> no, I'm just being yeah, that guy. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No. But the point is that they do have things that would line up more with the left here in America it's just that the political spe- like spectrum is different there there isn't anything inherently right. tied up with uh, certain ideologies being tied together, it just happens that they align to the left or the right. So, for example, I mean, I was reading, or I was listening to uh, Tom Hartman, who's this, he's this very, I mean, he's a pretty far left, like, radio and TV personality. Um, and he was talking about one time he was in one of the, I'm Norway, or I'm not exactly sure where, but essentially... Um, one of those Viking places. Yeah, exactly, where they're Vikings. Essentially, this, um, he was talking to one of the leaders of one of the right-wing parties there, and he said, oh, like, in America, the right wing doesn't support universal health care. And the guy goes, are you serious? We love universal health care here. That's our, that's our thing. And so that's not a right wing or left wing issue, which is what they agree on. It's just that the, the left wing here, like myself included, has latched onto these ideas that we think are really good, even though they coexist with things that might be a little more right wing, like lower government re- regulations. Scandinavian countries also have ridiculously higher... Uh, unionization rates um, for all public and private sector employees. They do. Um, but yet they're flourishing. Uh, I mean, they're, this is the this is the biggest thing that you have to look when you that you have to look into when you look at Scandinavian countries. Um, and I'm for this specifically. I'm going to look at Sweden, but just to touch on um, a few things if, to look into y'all that are listening. Um, about the other countries. Denmark in their last election has elected a decisively more right-wing government. They have um, been rated very, very close in terms of free market to the United States. Um, And, uh, oh, and then uh, Norway, if you you look in the the 70s and 80s and you want to read into that, uh, there's very good evidence that suggests that even the fact that they did not just fail, uh, not fail, the fact that they didn't decline so much as these other countries, like I will mention Sweden here in a second, uh, did uh, was because they had a massive, massive oil boom. And um, now that their oil reserves um, are starting to uh, uh, dwindle, uh, you, you see the economy shaking in Norway a little bit too. Um, Same in Oklahoma. Sorry. Yeah, no, going. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but luckily Oklahoma isn't the you know United States. But, um, okay, let's... Uh, you mentioned, uh, like, I'm, I'm scrolling these through through my phone, so I'm not going to say them word for word. They may not be 100% accurate because I don't want to go all the way through these. But, um, oh, you said, uh, oh, uh, college is free. Even, even after, uh, in Sweden, even after uh, they get out, when you measure how many taxes that they paid and the fact that, on average, the student still comes out with 18000 $18, and debt, which in the United States it's on average twenty six thousand in debt. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the income to debt ratio, um, the Swedes are eighty percent in debt compared to their income versus the average sixty percent for the American student. Now, I want to say though, that's that's kind of irrelevant to begin with because just like healthcare, the um, college system we have in the United States. I, is not free market. It's it's again. It's this. It's not socialist either. All the way. Well, no, because it's it, this weird. Well, because well, because so so, so 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 we have private colleges, and those are completely profit. You know, you pay right. It's right. Like, 
Um, but then public universities historically have been much have been subsidized heavily by the state. They're just not so much anymore. Where they are these weird quasi private institutions, right? Yeah. Where the amount coming from the state gets slashed every year more right. and more. And that's why I'm paying more every year in tuition. Here at OU, and there should be something done about it. I don't think it should be farther left-leaning. I think we should look at models that worked and are working right now. The biggest one I always bring up all the time, um, and it's it's very large, but when you look into it, it there's so many categories, but electronics. Electronics is the least regulated, um, the uh, just freest sector we have in the United States. Um, and what do you have? You have progress, and I know what you're going to say. But, oh, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> but you have... You have uh, you ha- okay? I mean, workout supplements might be the <laughs> might be the first, but after that, electron. I'm but, I'm, I'm I'm happy you guys are here to talk. Uh, if you ever need a workout, I'm I'm selling Herbalife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Dude, what? A- happy I got you here. Uh, if you ever want to take a vacation week in the Caymans, because uh, I have 52 of those, and if you were looking for a timeshare, no. Uh, uh, but uh, and what what happens is you have progress um, go up, you have costs go down. Um, and it's more readily available there. I mean, you have a flat screen TV in your living room. That's true. Ten years ago, only I, I remember walking into one of my friend's house. His parents had one, and I knew this guy had some serious money. Well, okay, but I'm going to counter that a little bit. The reason Please. I would say that electronics are so free here is because the majority of that business model happening in America, regulated by American regulation, is simply innovation. Whereas the actual production is going on in Malaysia where they're getting paid 10 cents an hour to work in a sweatshop to make your iPhone. So like, that's what that's what I would say is that like, all that is innovation happening here. And, um, and I'll bring I'll bring up, I think that we both, if, if you have any you wanna put in on the description and once we upload this to SoundCloud and post it on YouTube, um, but on average, again, you have to get a perspective. On average, uh, sweatshops are seven, earn seven times more uh, than the average uh, income in that country. So those people that are making 10 cents an hour, they're, they're doing pretty good compared to the ones making two cents or making no, one cent. and that's fair. I'm just, I'm just not one for incrementalism in the sense that I remember when uh, – there was a report came, that came out that like Beyonce's clothing line was like employing these sweatshop employees, mm-hmm. um, and everyone was like, "Beyonce's running a sweatshop," and then other people were like, "Sorry, Bernie Bros, Beyonce's not running a sweatshop." Uh-huh. And then I, um, I was like, I read into it, and like it, it talked about how like the wages went up from this to this, and I was like, from shitty can, to really shitty, or like from really shitty to shitty, like so it still sucks. But can you to what they need? I'm not gonna say it's not better than what they'd be earning without it. Without working at Foxconn, right, in, well, in in China, but like, it's still I would I would just argue that like, but find a way to make it better. Can you show? I agree, but can yeah, you show me a country uh, that has been free market that has stayed in a perpetual uh, sweatshop economy? I challenge you to give me one. Country. I mean, it would depend on like how how long you're because what you're, you are assuming on your tube is of, of of vision because if you look at America. Yeah, we had that economy for a while. You know, we had the, the Lowell Mills girls and the, the coal miners. Which, for the for the record, uh, with the Lowell Mills girls, that was the first time in, um, actually a little bit in Britain, because they first had their Industrial Revolution, which the left is critical of. But um, as far as America goes, that was the first time women had any actual... Oh, don't make that about empowering women. They no, it did. Them, okay. It completely did. They for the first time... They live in dormitories and work 15 hours a day. Like, for the nobody. first time... Okay, again, you can go off the whole emotional things. Let's go with the fact that for the first time in, in American history and uh, for most 
for a short time in the in the world because, like I said, uh, Britain led the way, but they led the way with the same exact policies. Um, you had women who were not at the whims completely of their families. They did not have to stay home and support their families. Um, they did not have. They did not have. As far as economy goes, uh, their husbands did not have as much control of, over them. They had a lot more independence because they, for the first time ever, they had money and they had a uh, option to choose um, where they wanted to work versus. Prior, I mean, you had to think for a thousand years or more. It, oh, since since the I feudal age. What you're saying because Betsy Ross sold the flag, so. That yeah. was empowerment. Sorry. <laughs> okay. That's actually disputed. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, uh, no, I know. But uh, no, again, it, 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 it compared to what though at that time, but Alex? So, but, but, but so what I'm saying though is that is that progress was made in America though immediately after the Industrial Revolution that led to increased wages for workers and that led to also in turn increased productivity. I'm surprised the, you acknowledge that. It, absolutely. Because most left but, but don't acknowledge that, but, that but, increased but, wages. But in but no no the increased wages came from the from the implementation of labor unions and from the strike that came absolutely no. so if you and again I'll post it's it's uh I mean it's hundreds of pages long but um I'll post it or at least try and find a segment of it um where you look at I want to say labor unions specifically were outlawed in the United States until the 90s 1890s not yeah, not, well, not 1990s I mean, for the most part like in the sense of wages like, were completely i mean wages doubled um then why were workers continuing to strike and risk their lives for better working conditions it wasn't just wages oh, it not, was kids working in coal mines let me it ask was, you this because in the in uh what would you I, I'm, I take it the 1860s was a rough patch in american compared well not just cuz the civil war but 1850s so. cuz the industrialization picking up why was it that a third, a third, that's about one point something, uh, six million out of a, a population of three million and something? So about a, like a, a third, 33%, for y'all that really don't know what a third is. Uh, why? I thought it had to do with marijuana. Why, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, why was it that a third came from Sweden before they actually implemented their free market reforms to the United States? A third of their population in the 1850s. Wait, why was it? What are you asking? Why? What I just asked. Why was it so many people when these times were terrible flocked from all over? That you had the biggest migration. Because uh, it was terrible everywhere, dude. Like, it but was, it was okay. Again, so my, that's my point. My point is, is they're talking about yeah, yeah. The 1850s sucked. Just like the 1200s sucked, and the 800s hey, sucked. Those are awesome, dude. We got Thomas Aquinas <laughs> in the 1200s. <laughs> But comparatively to the rest of the world, the United States was getting an influx from people, I mean millions. It wasn't just Irish from the potato famine. It wasn't just Germans from the failed revolution there. Um, you are, I'm talking from places, and specifically with Sweden, it's hilarious too because they had very, very regulated, they had a very regulated economy there. They also had a lack of religious freedom and other things like that. But um, don't get they, me on that. You know that's what? But you know what? Pretty right, right wing on religious freedom. You know Continue. what? You know what? Sweden though was uh, the majority of the Swedish citizens were promised uh, if they came to the Midwest, uh, the government would set them up with some uh, land. Exactly, but that that's the thing though is that people were coming because they got all this land to go live outside of regulation anyway. They were no. gonna go work in factories. They're gonna go be farmers. They were gonna go be on the frontier. If you like, have any idea how hard farming was back then, in I'm the sure Midwest. it was hard. No, that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sure it was incredibly difficult. I'm but then just, again, again, you're right not. But I'm saying that that doesn't play into the industrialization argument. That plays into no. But that's also just a million out of the 
I want to say 80 million that came from the 1800s to the 1900s and then more. Um, so that's one 80th of the population. But um, no, if you want to look at the ones that came to the industrialization, look no further than the countries that mainly immigrated into the, into the North and, uh, and the yeah, East and Coast. And they lived in slums. And then, yeah, originally. And then yeah. they, we made America today. I mean, again, you, they lived in slums, but give me this paradise where people weren't living in slums. They, they came here generation after generation from all over the world because they knew you could go to the United States and not just the United States. They did it in Britain when Britain was doing this. Um, and uh, they knew you could better your life. Again, you, you read Upton Sinclair's no. The Jungle, a, a fictional story, and you're like, oh, God, this... But, but Yeah, but that that's a book that caused government regulation. That's a, that's, but also... Okay, yeah. So I'm saying but, you do not... You're, uh, look, 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 look the, the comparative argument's fair, and you say it wasn't better anywhere. But what you saw in America and what you saw in England and all over with workers' uprising is that they said, sure, this may not be better anywhere else, but we're going to make it even better now by collectivizing... And demanding to be treated like human beings because they actually were able to be treated better, be able to pay more, better have working conditions, right. work better hours, and not have their kids work so they could go to school. The point is that, like, I agree. it wasn't any better anywhere else. That's not an excuse to say that it couldn't continue to progress. And it did. And we're now the richest country in terms of GDP sure. I mean, production. I mean, of course. but in far, my point is, as far before, um, far before unions had were even legal, let alone a significant role. Um, no, wages were compl- wages. Like I said, wages in eighteen seventies uh, to the eighteen nineties doubled. They took a dip in the eighteen eighties, but that's because until the Great Depression, you had the biggest depression um, in the world uh, take place there, and that dipped everywhere. That was just a, um, but it wasn't just the United States. Um, but okay, then explain to me um, Taiwan, or actually explain to me Hong Kong, um, because Hong Kong is the famous example because. Unions uh, played next to, I mean, very, very, very little role. And I don't want to say that sweatshops are non-existent there because there's sweatshops in America still. Um, but the amount of sweatshops are all are from more is, or less gone. But what is Hong Kong producing? What are they? What's their economy running on? I haven't read into Hong Kong, but I wouldn't imagine it's Nike shoes. You know, that's what. No, China's but they doing. were. Yeah. In the fifties, they literally went from being one of the poorest nations in the world. Now, also, they also had the longest, which is funny too. They had the highest life expectancy. Well, good for them. Okay, but you, uh, but yeah. you went from a country that was one of the poorest in the world and transformed it in the in forty years, uh, only because they were so they didn't have any resources. I mean, they didn't have any significant resources. Their only thing was free trade. That was the only way they could attract people here. Uh, they had a government that stayed out of uh, for overwhelmingly the most part stayed out of their affairs uh, economically especially um and what happened you have like i said you transformed a country from just a third world into the literally richest na- or freest country and richest nation uh per capita in in the world i mean how can you explain that without unions or or taiwan <laughs> no, seriously where the, where did unions play a role in hong kong unions didn't play a role in uh Unions didn't play a role in uh, Taiwan. They didn't play any major role. The government specifically, the, the government spending was extremely low in, 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 uh, in Singapore. Uh, they transformed, even with India. And India is not by any means a capitalist country, but they have, since the 90s, started at least freeing up their market a little bit. And killing more minorities and 
all the good stuff as they continue to elect farther and farther right wing parties. That has nothing to, to do government. with. Econ- I know that econ- was economics. That was not No, but okay. So, but, but, but Argentina, okay. Argentina okay. was was yeah. No, so here's slashing the, people that okay. Here's but, here's the thing though. Is that like, but you I, can't give me the. Oh, I'm sorry, but what I want to my, my point. You can't give me that with a mixed country. You can't see a mixed country. You can't give me a socialist socialist. You yeah. can't give me a a capitalist he did country. Air quotes. Wait, yeah, I did air quotes. You can't give me a a country that is capitalist but has a heavy um, tax system where they pay for all these public. And I'll get into Sweden because their tax system seventy percent of Sweden's uh, income uh, earned income on people making forty five grand a year. So not the ultra the mega rich seventy percent of it is taxed. Yeah, but how it's much taxed do they not away? Have to pay? No, for I'm saying it. it's taxed away. Right, but it keeps them. If you are comfortable with being stifled, um, to a to a, a I think it's like a, about eleven thousand, eleven thousand five hundred income a year, but you also have to depend on the government. Then by all means, do that. But these Spotify right now, which I like, I love Spotify. It's pretty cool. Spotify is threatening to leave uh, Sweden right now because of the taxes. Um, I uh out. During their freest period, um, where they were the freest nation in the world and the fastest growing, by the way, uh, from 1890s, this is after they abolished a lot of their trade guilds and regulations. Um, they actually, and they they were the, uh, oh, by the end of it, they were the fourth richest country. They've now dropped to the 17th richest country in the world. Um, but uh, out of the hundred richest companies, only two uh, were created in Sweden. Out of the hundred hundred richest companies in Sweden, um, only two were created after they implemented these, uh, these, uh, oh, in the seventies and eighties, they, they did their socialist yeah. fun time. And then they've, they've since gone back on a lot of it. They, they have a high taxation and that still hurts them. But, um, again, without going into too much detail, cause I don't want to take up all Alex's time. Um, they're still by and large, very capitalist and actually considered easier to open a business and in Sweden uh, than it is in the United States, but well, okay. So here's a here's the thing, though, is that I I'm, I I do wonder how much of this is correlation, how much is causation, how much just happened, how much is due to a lack of labor unions, how much is due to an increase in taxes. They still have. I will say, due. Sweden has a large amount of uh, of uh, unionization. Absolutely, but it's so high. But. Um, the uh, they don't have a minimum wage. Those are I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, but with, that's because they have an increased unionization right. where like you I don't agree. need one if ninety percent of your workers are in a union. You know? I agree, and I'm not anti workers uniting and bargaining. It's when they get and this is a whole different topic. But when they get special privileges among the average citizen, and don't make no mistake, uh, I still think labor unions hurt the the poorest of Sweden. And it shows, which I can get into later, but... Um, Probably next time. Cause yeah. We're, we're coming up on time, but here's... Okay, I'm going to talk about a few critiques of capitalism. Hunter did a few more numbers Yeah, please do, because I want to I wanna hear them. Mine are, quite honestly, a lot of the time, a, a little more philosophical and a less... Uh, a little less economic. Okay. Um, the ultimate one I have is we're talking a, about economics here, but we're not going to... We're going to leave well, it back. So I saw an interesting... <laughs> I saw an interesting... There was an interesting Facebook conversation that I largely ignored actually because I wasn't in the mood to between Hunter and one of my and one of our friends. Um, I posted a quote that talked about human dignity and Hunter. Oh yeah, Hunter posted, I'm glad you're this Yeah, up. Hunter posted a Milton Friedman quote that talked about how no one has any worth or something like no, that. No, who deserves anything? Yeah, exactly because, right. Yeah. Um, my ultimate critique of capitalism um, is that in a in a in a in a country that runs 
on amassing capital and money. Human dignity excuse me, ultimately becomes tied to your work and to your job. And I think that's wrong. Um, morally wrong. I think that it's a problem when we don't want to help people out because they're not working. And so they're lazy, so therefore they forfeit their right to have any benefits because they don't have a job. Um, but when did a job become tied to your dignity as a human being? I, um, that is my overall critique in terms of from a dignity of a human person as a child of God perspective. Like Right. And I but here's what you have to look at because these this is why I take facts and I'm not saying this to sound like a like a dick. You're good. But I'm saying it as a as a, this is what I really mean. This is why I have to take facts over emotions because those are valid emotions, but you look at the facts. The United States, not because of the government, but because of its citizens, uh, is the biggest donator to any other, uh, well, just charities in general. And that's wonderful. No one dislikes charities. But that disproves, I mean, does that not disprove what you just said? Because if we were the, and, and this wasn't just now, because I also go back on America, a critique of what I just said would be, well, Hunter, you keep talking about how America is like the 10th, you know, freest market in the world. And now you're saying, well, uh, you know, they donate the most. What, what are you saying? Are they free or are they not? Do they, but um, even before we, we became, so much less of a free market. Um, um, the United States, it's citizens, not the government. There, there are governments that donate more than our government, but it's citizens donate more than any other country in the world. And so I think that in prior just to today, but this is seen throughout history uh, with the United States, once we had the wealth to do it. Um, but is it is that more per capita or is that more because we have a lot of people? It is per capita. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, it is. Valid question. No one's going to disagree with increased charity, but still, no organization but that means has we, the information, has the ability or the means to affect positive change on the largest scale possible. Because then, then, then I would say the government. Ultimately, private charity is great. But it still fails in a lot of ways, and the government does too because we still have homeless people dying on the streets. I you know I agree, like, and like, I think yeah, I I agree. Um, but uh, if if what you are arguing is government given charity is um, taken uh oh is more oh uh, more beneficial to the people receiving it than the private given one, I I seriously recommend you look into all that the UN gave to Somalia during the nineties. Um, what the UN gave uh, to Sierra Leone, uh, and uh, and you will see that that did that did not, uh, by and large, wind up in the hands of the uh, the citizens. It wound up in the bad guys' hands. Well, and that's that that's the case a lot whenever you have a country that's run by warlords. I mean, well, that's yeah. what's gonna happen. But but, so like, but uh, I agree. I, I mean, again, that's what's funny is how many times we'll agree. Well, but, but but I'm also gonna agree that we don't have the best social safety net in America, though. It is not adequate, which is why I would argue you see an increase in private charity giving because it's not good enough. I think I mean I would argue my ultimate social safety net. Uh, policy would be a universal basic income, um, which is yeah. interestingly enough something that we're almost going to agree on. The negative income tax. Negative which income taxes. Milton what, Friedman was a big advocate for. Yeah, he, he would argue. <laughs> um, I would argue the same thing. However, mine wouldn't be tied to income at all. It would be guaranteed regardless if you're working or not. Um, 
But oh no, it is. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah it see, is. yeah, but yeah, it's it's fascinating yeah. that like we actually agree on that. I don't think that you can do that starting off as a nation, but once you have the wealth, I think you can. Um, Which would be really good. I think we're gonna have to close out here because we're approaching ten minutes longer than the last one. Wait, no, but let's go like ten. I mean, okay, come on. okay, I'm just <laughs> well, no, no, like I don't have my 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 facts to argue with you right now. No, that's fine. Things, but we can go a little more. Oh, let's do it. I mean, even if we switch it up, but uh. I mean, I'll at least get some get some points out that you can research, and then if you come back and say a part two or whatever, then you can try and rebuttal. Or... We'll do part two where I make rebuttals. I'll listen yeah. and study. Um, but uh, a lot of people I want to bring up uh, Britain and how the expansion that they had um, in terms of the massive rise in the standard of living wasn't because of industrialization. It was because of uh, colonialism. Um, I would And then exploiting labor somewhere else. I would very, very, <laughs> yeah, but that, they couldn't just exploit that for free. Um, as a nation, um, and a, a, a perfect example of this is the, um, I mean, the United States is an example of how much Britain tried to control a colony and lost so much more than they gained in the process of trying to keep, um, trying to keep that domain. Um, I really would recommend that people look into, um, extensive studies that show, um, how much Britain had to fight and how many wars they had to fund that put them in debt numerous times. I mean, even leading up, uh, the, I mean, the spark of the revolution or just the prelude to it was the fact that Britain was in so much debt yeah. um, because of the French and Indian Wars. So, I agree. I mean, yeah. So I, it's not too far-fetched to think maybe colonialism actually hurt them more than uh, more than it helped them. I'm not going to argue that colonialism is good. No, no, I'm not saying that, but a lot of people say... Uh, whenever you bring up the British argument, they say, "Well, it's because of colonialism." I would say, "No, they they um, they succeeded despite colonialism." Um, and uh, and to go into detail, you you didn't have the spinning jenny invented uh, because uh, the British decided to start attacking the you know Zulus. Uh, you didn't have the steam engine invented uh, you know because the British were stepping in India and starting to shoot people with their muskets. Uh, I'm not saying you're saying that. I'm saying this no. for a general, um, because a lot of people will argue uh, on the left it was because of colonialism. And also, if you look across the board, uh, Portugal had colonialism, France had massive colonialism, uh, but they did not have a free market and they suffered uh, for a while uh, in the ancient regime um, compared to Britain. Um, Spain had colonialism and their country was doing terrible. Um, Britain did well despite colonialism. Um, on top of that, um, oh, just an interesting fact uh, about Sweden that I thought was interesting. Uh, and it talked about how these, I could go into a lot more on Sweden. I'll post, I'll post the link to the research on Sweden because it, it dispels a, quite a bit of myths. But one that I thought was extremely interesting was, um, first off, youth unemployment in Sweden um, is 19% compared to a 10% in the United States. And that's that goes to show because younger people, it's harder for them to get in to a workforce because of the unions, because the union secured at such a high rate that if you don't start off super, I say super skilled, I don't want to say, if you don't start off with a relatively high uh, labor skill set, uh, then you're closed out from it. Uh, but that's a different deal on, on, uh, on labor unions. Um, 22% of foreign-born Swedish citizens are unemployed versus 4% in the United States. Yeah, but that's like another problem, probably. That I mean, I can. I, this is only for Sweden, but it, this is a trend 
don't take my word for it. You can no, do that's a trend research. in Europe, absolutely. That's migrant a, unemployment. No, because migrant is different um, than than foreign. Uh, I thought, no, I was thinking refugee. Refugee, it's worse. Yeah, um, I know, and that's a different problem. But that goes. That but that I would argue plays in, into a lot of things. I would argue in theory uh, that goes back to what unions ultimately do, which is they exist to make sure their jobs are secure. And I mean, when you cut out low-skilled, which the majority of, would you agree the majority of immigrants are low-skilled? I'm unfortunate. Well, depending on where certain, you're from. Yeah, it depends yeah, where yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, Mexicans, there, uh, there's... I mean, I'm going to say, like, 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 if you look at a place that's that's producing, quote, high-skilled high skilled migrants somewhere like India and China where they're able to come and they're, they're people being... A lot of them aren't high-skilled. No, but, like, they're... But all, they're good all workers. The top are, no, they're being recruited, though, by Silicon Valley companies and they're being, like... Yeah. It's like that, 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 that's happening. But, like, no, unfortunately, yeah, it's more prone to be low-skilled um, because of dire uh, conditions in their country that forces them to migrate in the first place. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Um, after uh, 15 years in Sweden... Um, on average, refugee unemployment or refugee employment is uh, only 33%. Or no, I sorry, I got that mixed up. 33% after 15 years of my uh, of being a refugee um, in Sweden, um, only 33% are employed or 33% are, uh, are unemployed. Yeah, but see, I would argue that those numbers are much less probably the trade unions and more the product of either xenophobia, which is a big black mark on Scandinavian countries. They're incredibly unwelcoming to I agree, to, but to outsiders. But also, I would say that that's just the harsh reality of being a refugee. But um, it's not and, like that in free market societies. And again, you can if you disagree, that's fine. You can research it. And just That's why I'm not trying to put Alex on the spot here because nah, he, good. he didn't. Well, no, but um, I came with – I really came with just notes on Sweden – um, and Which I, is an I interesting country it. to talk about because they, it's because it was a hot topic. But it, but it also transcends this ideology because there are a lot of things that I like about Sweden that Hunter doesn't. But it's still succeeding as a country. Yes, but and I could okay uh, since you brought that up, um, like I said, Sweden went from being uh, during the 1840s to the 1860s. Uh, Sweden was extremely regulated, uh, had very high tariffs. Uh, long story short, they abolished all that. They were the fastest growing country from 1890 to 1950, the fastest growing. And this is when they had the freest market by far um, uh, in their history and even freer than the United States. Um, Who's more free than us? Yeah. No. Uh, but, uh, but no, you look at how they were hurt in the, uh, in the 70s and 80s and early 60s when they started um, government spending, I think, increased. First, it was 6% of the GDP. Then it increased to 30%, and at the peak it was 65%. Um, it's now they've now cut that by 20%, and they've started to do a lot better. Um, but uh, now you look you look at how job growth was stifled in the um, in the uh, seven just when they were doing that, up until the very early 90s, uh, they instituted a school voucher system, and suddenly they also started having a lot higher uh, over overall. Uh, academic performance um but they had job growth again for the first time they literally they literally either lost jobs or they stayed stagnant from the 60s to the 80s when in early early 90s when they were implementing these huge taxes um these huge regulations um so like i said if you if, if you look and i urge the people that are listening all 12 of you hopefully this keeps going up yeah, baby yeah uh to please look into Sweden. They they have high taxes. They have a social safety net. 
it's it's their social safety net though it's closer to what me and you want than the United absolutely. States. Yeah, and, no, and I, I absolutely it is. Yeah, but with uh, so so yeah, it, um, look at when when Sweden and when these Scandinavian countries, but specifically Sweden, um, started. Uh, when they were actually really socialist, like pr- using the ideas that Bernie Sanders has proposed, and you will see they did not have yeah, that they did not have. Um, I mean, they virtually had zero growth. I mean, or had. I mean, yeah, zero growth. I mean, so ultimately, my critiques are going to have to wait until next week. Yeah, um, I did not come with all these, and guys, I kind of got owned tonight on, on a lot of these facts. I'm not going to lie, but I'm going to come back a little bit with some more next week. So Please stay, do. Stay tuned for. You know, if there are 12 listeners and probably three of them are rooting for me. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. You had most of the likes on Facebook. You really did. <laughs> that doesn't mean listens. But here's the, here's the, here's the deal. That's We're so going to sign off here. Um, we are on iTunes now, so that's pretty cool. Um, if you, oh, yeah, we're on iTunes. If, if you want to be my friend, you should subscribe A 1% to it. company. <laughs> you should subscribe to it and uh, leave a comment. We're also going to be on SoundCloud and uh, Facebook Friends. Uh, you'll, you'll see this anyway. Um, Give a shout out to Aunt Jenny. Oh, uh, yeah. Just yeah. Like last week. I was about to put a disclaimer that I was going to be like, Aunt Jenny, I might cuss in this episode. And I'm, I I don't think I did. I don't think you did. I don't think you did. Oh, no, I did a couple times. Okay, well, but, I can't uh, get through an hour without doing that. A but, uh, no, you listen to me playing uh, Battlefield with my family. And listen it's to me worse. watching the Cubs, and then it's, all, <laughs> yeah. it's all good. But they won the night, so we're all right. Look, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed episode two of Conflicting Cousins. We'll be back next week with another one. Uh, where I I, I have one. some I have some retorts to what Hunter says, and we'll talk about something else that happens. I don't know what. I'll link the uh, I'll link all my sources that I got um, in the description. That way, one for those that are interested in reading it, uh, and two because uh, that way Alex can read the information firsthand, so he knows exactly what I was talking about in case I got some uh, facts. Um, Oh, off a little bit. He'll know exactly where I was arguing from. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah. Ultimately, we're gonna sign off. Uh, I was blocked by uh, two uh, neoliberal Twitter accounts this week. Wow. Um, it was it, it was intense. Uh, Vox can suck it, and um, <laughs> I agree. Fight the power. Ever uh, since this isn't even really good. Yeah. Ever since Fox News, and I, I don't. I, I don't said know Vox. Uh, yeah, me too. Ever since Fox News. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Uh, no, but on that topic, ever since Fox News said that Kendrick Lamar's uh, line in, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, All my life I has to fight. Yeah. In word, because I'm white and I need to check my privilege. No. Uh, what is it? What's the song? All my life I had to fight. That's not the song name. All right. Oh, it's, ever since in All Right, when they said, uh, my knee's getting weak and my gun might blow, they said that that actually influenced the... Uh, Oh, uh, the the shooter who went in and shot up the church. Um, I've been I've been actively searching. Yeah, I've actively been searching for a, a different news outlet because I thought that was good. ridiculous. I'm proud of you there on that <laughs> one. But right. So overall, um, hope you have a good week. Signing up with Alex, the PC policeman, Davis. Uh, Hunter, the bastard child of Milo Yiannopoulos. <laughs> have a good week, yeah, everyone. Good I week. love you a lot. I love y'all. Some of you.